just one second. Welcome back to the Girlfriends of Virtue podcast. We're back again Thursday night. We was Friday last week, but we're back on Thursday. Uh-huh. And here we're with the with your famous ladies, Miss Renee, Miss Lisa L. J. Crawford, and of course Miss Barbara Haley from the Chi Town. Uh-huh. All right, ladies. I'm so glad to be with you all tonight. I'm here. I've been thinking about it all day. (laughs) So we got a lot to talk about. A lot has happened since we last talked. Um, And we said we were going to talk about uh, Mr. Chad. Where do we begin? Oh, my goodness. With uh, Chad, I was so shocked when I saw that. I said, that must be some fake news. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But it wasn't. It wasn't, and it was really, you know, what's really crazy is, um, to be honest, I really hadn't seen all of his movies. I, I, I believe I've only seen um, uh, Black Panther mm-hmm. and uh, Marshall, because I didn't see J- James Brown. Well, he's got another one coming out, a message from the king. Oh, yeah. And then uh, 21 Bridges, mm-hmm. that's something else that's coming out. So he's still got more coming. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it. But this is what I was just going to say, was just that even though I had only seen him in two movies, mm-hmm. I was so touched, you know, when I found out he died. I mean, I was touched like like Whitney Houston, and I love Whitney. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, but I was really, I was really, really, really touched, and you know, and I'm glad we were able to talk about him tonight because after hearing about his death, I certainly was inclined to just look into him a bit more. Yeah. And, oh my goodness! What a stellar, what a stellar feller. Yeah. And in yeah. fact, I, I just read a piece that I posted on Facebook and mm-hmm. let me just read this aloud. I, I love the way this, they spoke. This is James Brown's daughter speaking. Oh, yes, yes. And, and she's talking about how he embodied the character of her father and they were so proud of his depiction. But I really like what he says here when she said, um, she said, uh, hold on. I think that she's, well, wait a minute. She said many of his recent roles he played while silently burdened with the illness. Um, He still pressed on with pureness and peace. And she said, I think that speaks to the way he was raised Mm -hmm. and how he stands on his faith for him to be able to continue to do what he did at a high level and at a very high level. Knowing to say, um, it speaks to his mother and father, and the fact that uh, he stood on his faith again. She said, "You can tell he was a spiritual man uh-huh. because when he spoke it, when he spoke, it was profound right. and yeah. from a place of pureness and a place of peace." And lastly, she said, "He was not only an artist." But a husband, a brother, a son, most of all, a hero and true inspiration to all generations. Mm-hmm. A man of honor, mm-hmm. integrity, a man of God. Yes. Look at his life. She said, and look at his life and look at the power of God and the hand of God on him. Mm-hmm. That's 
what I hope everyone will take away from him. And I, I, I really like that because I'm in full agreement. Um, and I didn't even know him. <laughs> well, you know, I was so impressed with his presentation. Everything he did in terms of the physicality of it, that he did that himself while going through serious health issues. Right. I was like, wow, who does that? God love you. I'm sorry. As a, a business owner, uh, his James Brown's daughter said that he would come and put on James Brown's clothes. Yes. And he would just really get all into it. And I was thinking, you have to really be wrapped up, tied up in what it is your what your purpose is. Yes. Because if yes. he didn't have that and he didn't know who he was and mm -hmm. the expectation from him, mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't have done that, but it, it just gave me so much life. I'm just, I'm just thankful that I got the chance to dig deeper into him. Yes, yes, yes. He was blessed I, and highly favored. He was. Well, and I think what we should take away, I think that's the thing. Oh, so then the next article that I post, this, this is really something to discuss. This uh, Peter's guy, I think, is a show called The Fifth. Bloods. I mean, I don't watch television enough, so I'm not hip, right? Bloods. Um, what is it called? I just posted it. Let me see. I'm not familiar. The hold on. Um, how do I get to my home page? All right. Uh, his name is Clark Peters, and it was on the set of The Five Bloods. The Five uh -huh. Bloods. Yeah. And he, so he ultimately says, this is a black actor, that he judged uh, Chad because he saw him, He so, so this Five Bloods program, apparently he did after the Black Panther. Oh, oh. right. This was Frank's uh, film. This was his last film. Is this a film? Yes. Black 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 film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, long and short, the Clark Peters guy basically saw him, you know, he had a Chinese woman, he said, massaging his bag. You know, he had a team of people really taking care of him. And he said he had his girlfriend constantly holding his hand. And so he was sitting back judging him, never having any idea why he's doing this. He just assumed that, oh, he's acting, you know, maybe uppity. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people made comments until the news broke, and then they felt so bad mm -hmm. about judging. Yeah, and put that crow in the pot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, let's talk about that a minute, because that's that's pretty heavy to me. I mean, the fact that even because I didn't know this, and now you're saying there's more people that evidently had the same expression. So what does that say? I mean. We judge every day. It's nothing new. Yeah, well, yeah. But we need to stop it. Yeah. I mean, and this and this is what you say, crow in the pot. I mean, now this here should make you really think, wow, yeah, I gotta be slow to speak. 
well, I guess, so to speak, and quick to ask questions well, or inquire. Yeah, or, this is true, but you know, there are so many people that are judged because we don't know what they do behind closed doors. We don't know who's giving funds to various organizations, helping out, making things a little better, a little easier. We don't know that. And then when it, you know, like they, they were talking about Prince. And then once he was gone, God bless his soul, then all of the information came out about uh, donations that he was giving to various organizations. So we judge. I mean, that's the nature of the beast. On a, um, not celebrity-wise, but recently, I was at a Panera. Mm-hmm. And this little girl, she just kept watching me and she was looking at me so hateful. And immediately my antennas went up. I thought, why is she looking at me like that? Uh-huh. And so I was sitting there and I said, if she don't stop looking at me, she better not be a Karen. She better <laughs> not say nothing to me. And so I immediately started thinking like that. And I said, I can't, I can't deal with it. So I went over to her mm-hmm. and I said, sweetheart, are you having a bad day? She said, I she said, why do you ask? I said, because your eyes are looking so mean. Mm. So I mm. want to make sure you're okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you for recognizing. I've been at work all day. Nobody said a word. She had a boyfriend problem. And from that day to this, me and that little girl are friends. See? I, I was going to, you know, I was thinking she was about to yeah. say, but that's how society has our antennas up so high right now, you know. But I had to step back into who I know I am and mm-hmm. get to the root of the problem before mm-hmm. I made any snap decision. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's a great, I'm glad you shared that because I think that's what I'm saying, Barbara. I mean, we do a lot of things. But now that we're becoming more and more aware of some things that we're doing or that we do in society that's not beneficial. So let's 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 talk about ways that we can encourage change. I mean, that's a perfect example that many of us, whether you have a cancer diagnosis or not, we don't know what people are going through. We don't know. Like you know, true. When you interact with people, that's why I always try to be pleasant with the person behind that's giving me service, because you don't know what kind of day they've had. You don't know how people have spoken to them. Right. So they always say that you know, uh, a little bit of sugar brings a lot of sweetness. Sometimes it's a hello, how you doing, or a smile that may make the difference. Right. Or even better, it's, it's a good thing for us to just consider. We, I mean, you don't know what it could be. Just like a man having an entourage of folks rubbing on them and trying to take care of them. And never once do you think he could have cancer or it doesn't have to be cancer. It could be anything. Anything. Exactly. So, So let us just encourage people to be much more considerate. But you know something else I want to point out? I had posted a video of him. Uh, doing a speech at, I, I assume, I believe it was Howard University. At Howard, right. And I, I mean, I tell you, I was so, so, so impressed with this. Um, I, I had to jot down some of the things that he said because it certainly was worth 
repeating over and over. And um, and one of the things he said was, savor the taste of your triumphs. Don't just swallow the moment whole without digesting what has happened. Mm. Let's just stop there for a minute, right? Mm. He said, don't just swallow the moment whole without digesting. And I really appreciated that because I think that's something that I definitely have done my whole life because I really never knew how to celebrate because I wasn't celebrating. And I think he knew to say that because that's the case for many of us. And he was talking about in this uh, speech, you know, the different struggles that different students may have had. Your struggle might have been financial. Your struggle might have been just with your grades. Your struggle might have been with fitting in. But the bottom line is, you had struggles you got a, and, and you arrived here at this place where you graduated, mm -hmm. right? Changed the course. Mm -hmm. um, he was so encouraging of that. And then he said, um, the one proven to have more meaning, more glory, more victory, mm -hmm. then you will not regret it. And what he was talking about, and I, I hold on. He said, oh, uh, did I just mess it up? Uh, I think I did. He said, look down over what you have conquered and appreciate what God has brought you through. That was mm -hmm. the other part of that. Look at what you've conquered. Look at what God has brought you through. Mm -hmm. Stay mm -hmm. focused on that. Oh, my God. Um, and he said, yeah, yeah. He said, sometimes you need to feel the pain and sting of defeat. To activate, and this is really where I want to talk about. He said, sometimes you need to feel the, the pain and sting of defeat to activate the real passion and purpose that God predestined inside of you. And what he was referring to was him uh, when he started acting. He said, you know, um, he had gotten called for a role on some daytime talk program where bottom line the, the character they wanted him to play was a black guy that really was going nowhere apparently didn't have a problem didn't have money, and it was a lot of assumptions mm -hmm. and he was like wait a minute now yeah i need money because he said this would have paid him more money than he had ever made mm -hmm. but at the same time he has character mm -hmm. and he realizes his ability to influence right. as an actor. Right. And this is what I was talking about when we talked a couple of weeks ago about influence. And we were talking about our good girlfriend, Cardi B, you know, the whole discussion about the decisions we make about the kind of music we choose to make, or in this case, the kind of roles we choose to play. So in that case, he ultimately questioned the producers. They didn't like it and they fired him. <laughs> And so he went without working for quite some time before I believe Marshall was probably the first. But he, he also said that he always didn't take just any part. Right. Say that again? He didn't take just any part. He always looked at the part to see if he could represent it well, what did it mean to his family, his community. And he based his choices on that. How many Hollywood do that? <laughs> they about that. I'm, not saying, not you know, 
I mean, so what is that? I mean, now I'm sure some of us would say, well, we all can't do that. Well, that's true. We all can. We all we all won't. I don't I think you probably all what? There you go. You judging. That ain't no judgment. Now wait a minute. Okay. Wait a minute, Barbara. Come on. That's not judgment. I said because we all we all can. We all can what? I'm sorry, what was that? We, we all can make those choices if we wanted to. Yeah. Uh, That's all uh, sometimes we all we make choices based on our situation. Well, for sure. Now, here's the thing. The situation, and I think that's what he was talking about, and don't get me wrong, is no judgment when you make the best decision you know how or what you have. But I think what he's still saying and what he said and what I'm saying and what I believe, and that's what faith is. At the end of the day, faith doesn't leave you hungry. It might leave you not eating on a level that you might have been accustomed to, but it don't leave you hungry. In due time, I bet you will get something to eat. So what I'm just encouraging and what he was trying to encourage was that is 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 what did he say? I, I said the sting, mm-hmm. the pain and the sting. You got to feel it. Mm-hmm. So that might be some discomfort for six months, six years. You know, but that's the choice he made. Yeah, and it but and it's it's a choice that's worth encouraging. Is what I'm simply saying, Barb. I think that's the thing. It is a choice he made, but it's a, it's it, it's it's worth sharing. Yes, With yeah, it, is worth, it is worth encouraging. You're absolutely right. At some point in your life, you got to realize what your purpose is and that you mm-hmm. can't. I've heard myself say this as of yesterday. Somebody mm-hmm. called me for a job. No, I had a friend. She wanted me to do one of the network marketing. I'm a network marketer. But at this time, I honor my purpose enough to say no. Mm-hmm. And, and once upon a time, I would jump, I was jumping on everybody's bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now I've gotten to a place that I am so convinced that God has me to speak. Mm-hmm. He has me to create. He yeah. has me to encourage. Yeah. If you're not on that path, yes. I can't roll with you because that's wasting my time. Yes. yes. I never valued my time the way I do now. Yes. One other thing, I'm, I'm sorry, ladies. When he said, be proud of yourself, well, no, don't just swallow it. Digested. Mm-hmm. A lady named Dr. Karen Prudent. That's her name. She told me last weekend, a couple weekends ago. She said, "Lisa, you are talking about the things that everybody's doing. You know, you got to tweak this and tweak that." He said, "But do you ever give yourself credit for what you do and what you've already accomplished?" She and that, that's major and just stop right there see that's what i'm saying and that's what he's talking about is that especially i think for us as as black folks particularly black women we we aren't celebrated enough so therefore we certainly don't know how to celebrate ourselves enough and therefore we're oftentimes many of us not all of us but many of us are often just constantly working 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 and never seeing you know wait a minute being honest about how far you've come Stop acting like you started at the point. Yeah, true. This is you you know when I say that I came from the bowels of the earth, that's real talk. So Mm -hmm. 
when I think about measuring myself, I'm never measuring myself against another because real talk, I, I don't think we came from the same place, but even if we did, then you know, we should be thankful. We got all mm-hmm. kinds of thankful for. Mm-hmm. So, yes, and black women especially salute each other because most of us are have started from a place where you're the trailblazer. This is true. You're the trailblazer. You you you're traveling a path no one has ever done before. Respect that, honor that, appreciate that. And that's what that brother said, and I really appreciate that because that's real. And that's something that I, I want to learn to do better myself. Um, and that's just, you know, saying, like, for instance, again, it's kind of like with the podcast. Some of us, we get real worked up about being flossy and flashy. Oh, I got everything in the background, and um, I got a professional photographer, and I, I paid for this, blah, blah, blah. But you don't have a message of substance at all. You're so worried about all the, 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 the flash things. But here for me, I'm just glad I'm started. And I'm talking and sharing something that's of value. Mm-hmm. Now that's the real. It's not. When you think about it, people are like that, period, on social media. Some people are like that on social media. It's all about what it looked like. But on the inside, they suffering and longing for a word, but they got to keep up an air of Oh, she's doing this. That's too much. That's too much. That that is very true. That is very true. You're absolutely positively right. That that is very true among uh, a lot of people. I listen. You know, the bottom line. I I generally will. Ooh, ah, bless you. You know. RIP to those that have passed on. But when I get, when I'm pissed, then I make a statement. It can be a two page dissertation, (laughs) but I make a statement. So I try not to, uh, I try not to speak with an empty cup. With a cup. An empty cup. I want to speak with a half or full cup so that someone may get something from that. So that's right. And that's it. And that's and that's why we're doing what we're doing here now at the end of the day is sharing some information, prompting folks to, you know, consider some different ways of thinking and helping us all to open our minds because we are not you know, monolithic. We are a community made up of a whole lot of folks, but united, we can do a whole lot of things. That's right. Especially if we're willing to listen. So now let's let's go over to because we only have a few minutes to talk about the the latest shooting, the protest, yeah. Black Lives Matter. What are we going? What in the world? <laughs> so you know, uh, I. I am so disappointed for a lack of a better word to use. When I hear that, that's almost like saying that's another young brother that doesn't get to fulfill his potential. Is gone. And it's got to be something said 
when it's I'm trying to stay in the middle of the I don't know what's wrong. Uh it's gotta be something said in regards to we're talking about black men, we're not talking about white boys, we're talking about black men and black boys that are being killed. And it seems like every day. I don't know whether I got enough tears. You know, and this young man, and there is some issue, and he might get, you know, hey, let's put it like it is. What's the issue? You're talking about the young man that was that. Oh, you're talking about Blake. Yeah. Oh, okay. now the deal you were talking about. You were talking about. Kenosha. Kenosha is Jacob Blake, isn't it? No, there were two more men killed. Oh, okay, wait, you got two things. So Jacob Blake was killed by the police in Kenosha. No, he wasn't killed. He was no, shot. Right. Yeah, right. That's right. That's right. Forgive me. And then the pro the, the young white fella who shot down. So was that two black guys that no. were killed? Two two white two white men. That were killed in the protest. Shot and killed. Right. And then he was allowed to continue on walking down the street with his right. gun. With his gun. Go home, shower, shave, refresh, and let and how about I turn in turn something tomorrow? Well, hey, I mean, come on now. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. This is not new. I mean, no. first of all, I faithfully watch Dateline. Huh. And white people and white men are able to kill. They can kill even their wife and will be free for up years before something finally does. So this whole thing of how they're handled, I mean, all of these bombers, all of, remember the guy in Vegas who went there, cased out the place, shot the people up. I mean, they didn't shoot him down. They never shoot their people. They never, ever, ever shoot their people down. Even if they never hit them. Hit the police out. One, I saw one where the 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 suspect took the man's the police officer's knife yeah. and beat the crap out of him, and they still never shot him. Never, never. So that's what we want him to shot. But I'm just saying. Yeah, I think yeah. that right there. Now here's 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 the thing. We're outraged at police brutality towards our our people, men and women. Right. But I do want to talk about being outraged about what's happening within our community, with us. Because, I mean, the reality is, let's be real, in Chicago, yeah, Detroit, I mean, I'm from Detroit, and I, I've never known Black folks to carry guns. Most of my friends carry guns now. My family carry guns in Detroit. They never did this because they say that Detroit is so different. But my point is, it's not justifying anything, but it's like the same outrage that makes us terribly saddened to hear about another white man assassinating our, our children, our brothers, our sisters. How come we're not as bothered by the constant crime within our own community? With our, within our community, well, the, the bottom line on that, so they say, because I live on the other side of town, well, so they say is that no one will talk. 
Well, no one will talk for fear mm-hmm. of retaliation. Of retaliation. But on the same note, on the same note, when you know, I my question to the brothers are, why are you killing your own? You know, this gang war, because that's what they said. They said it's 170,000 gang members in Chicago. And there are 140, 140 or 40,000, I'm sorry, the numbers may be wrong, that are new, that are trying to move in on these gangs. Now, if the economy is that bad, okay, uh, nobody has money to buy any dope, and nobody has money to buy any guns. So where do you think this influx of guns is coming from? Who's backing this? Right. That's a lot of guns you're talking about. You saying who's doing what? Who's backing the infiltration of all these guns? I mean, Barbara, come on now. We know who's backing it. The United States. I mean, the same United States that flooded our community with drugs. So my point to you is then, okay, you say, so how do we solve the, how do we get this solved? Okay. Any suggestions? Well, now this is a political year. These are things that really should be politicized, right? They should I mean, they but, should. but here's the thing. I, I, I don't know that it's one thing at a time. I think it's several things all at the same time. Because I think that's an aspect. But the other aspect has to do with how this oppression has affected us. And that's how, and as a result, we see each other the way they see they see us. Mm, I kind of disagree. All right, well, you disagree? I disagree. I I think that, you know, this is such a uh, powerful and dangerous election that we have in terms of getting things passed. Now, this year may not be the year that we get all guns off the streets. That That agenda may not be reached until... 21, depending on who's in the White House. Right. See, there are a lot of facets and components to all of these issues, you know, like the, like the, uh, this virus and the healthcare. You know, I hear people, my folks love them dearly, talk about, well, I don't want to be the first to get the vaccination. I get that, you know, because their past history hasn't been what it should have been in terms of health care. I get that. But on the same note, uh, I want to know if testing isn't as good as it should be in our community. You said testing isn't as good as it? Testing. T-E-S-T-I-N. You're talking about COVID? Yes. I'm sorry for being disengaged. That's what happens when you on a podcast looking at some stuff that you're supposed to be looking at. Because I'm trying to figure how the devil did you get on COVID when we were talking well, about shooting the black and Different components. Didn't I say that, Lisa? Didn't I say that? <laughs> different components. 
Some may be addressed this election depending on who gets to the White House and others may not because- well, but Wait a minute, wait a minute. This is what I was saying then. Right. That it's not just political then, Barb. I, I feel like here's the other aspect. When you think about this, Lisa, you said you disagree with me that I believe some of the way we're treating each other has to do with how we're looking at one another. Well, because I, I, I believe it has to do with this internalization of oppression, right? We've been treat, we've been socialized to see each other in ways that makes it very easy for us to turn hostile towards one another. Makes it very easy for us to call each other's name, each other names, and 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 ultimately come to strike a blow against one. Okay, another. if you're going, if, if that's what you're going with, then you're going to have to specify generations. Because a lot of this killing and shooting is the younger generation. Now, okay, so, but what do you think? But what's influencing it is what I'm saying. Who's not? It's not just being, we're not, it's not just getting the guns. I mean, who's influencing it? It's the music industry, right? That's promoting the crazy music, that's giving us the money to say the crazy thing. You don't think it's, you don't think it's who's in the house? In the White House? Who's or in the White House? Yes. Well, shoot. Nobody. Most of our people are raising themselves. That's my point. That's my point. And I'm saying whether it's nobody's at home, whether it's the music industry, there is a socialization that's happening. And I'm saying... It's not just political. I feel like there are things that we still could do as as, as a members of this community locally. Obviously, I can't. Okay. What do you want to do? <laughs> Any suggestions? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm listening. That's 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 what I'm talking about. So one of the things I'm thinking is is kind of the same discussion along the lines of uh, the talk about police need training. Yes. Yeah. I think I think we need some type of training and education. Yes, that and that starts from that was some of the things that I sent you, you know, in terms of like our neighborhoods that are underfunded. Mm -hmm. Okay, back in the day, back way back in the day when we were going to school. Whether parents, whether your mother was clean and floors and your father was a janitor, they made sure that if there were school supplies needed, if there were books needed, they said they were going to get it done. We don't have that now. Yeah, well, and, and, and that's an issue and, now. And we don't have it because a lot of times... It's our school, uh, those that are in control of the school districts. You know, PTAs can't do what they used to be able to do because the school council ain't having it. Well, I think another issue in our community to that has to do with single parenting and not having enough support. Like, I feel like we're ignoring that. And yet, somehow, some way, we, Black people, need to come together to support each other 
for those that have the children. And I'm gonna keep it real. And this is for another show. We'll talk about this another time. But for me, I I, I grew up with my great grandmother. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a mother or a father. Mm -hmm. and to be honest, I certainly didn't want to be a single mother, but I was. Mm -hmm. For me, I only had one child. Mm -hmm. And I know how difficult it mm -hmm. was for me. Mm -hmm. And so I know there's a need for us to discuss this to help young men and women understand we got to stop this. Mm -hmm. We got to stop just having children mm -hmm. and, you know, having broken homes that, that can't raise up the children. But then at the same time, we got to deal with the fact that the children are here. Mm -hmm. And, and community by community, what can we do to help and stop just saying, well, it's your home, it's your home. But they don't have it at home. Well, I grew up in a home that didn't a have a lot of things. A child. That's how it used to be. A village raised a child. If you didn't, if your parents, if you didn't have food in your house, then you went to Miss Jean. And Miss Jean was feeding all the kids. Well, come over to my house. I'll feed you with my four or five kids. But you're not going to let a kid go hungry. Right. Or have yeah, so, so what's so different now? Lisa? Well, the difference is we are afraid of our children. <laughs> We're afraid of each other. That's what I'm talking about. Well, we're definitely afraid of our children. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Lisa. The right through here, it's like who can you trust with your child? Before, mm -hmm. you knew that the deacons mm -hmm. or the church were really the people at the church and they meant you good. Mm -hmm. But now when you've got people, pastors in different states being wrapped up in sex trafficking all over the news, you know, mm -hmm. who can you trust? My daughter don't let my grandkids go nowhere. They have mm -hmm. houses that they go to. Mm -hmm. And so, her her circle is so tight mm -hmm. that if I'm not here, God bless her because she got to still make a living. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So who who's gonna pick up that slack? Because mm -hmm. we can't trust always trust community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's just something, and I also think that in order to get this stopped, we got to start young. These young boys at seventh grade start in just. Well, if it's not happening at home, the teachers can't all do it. But as a no. community leader, we got to start putting inside of them that they were designed to be kings. They were designed to be leaders. They will take care of their home. And as they get on up through high school, then they'll respect the fact that who they are as a person. But mm -hmm. you know, the crap before it gets the crap. And, yeah. and they sold first. My yeah. mother this morning he's all the way in college i sent him a message i said have a great day remember yeah. that you are a king you are powerful and you are gifted yeah. I, I mean we have to pour into them so that they don't be just like bo jim on the corner and our young ladies they oh need God. to know that they're queens they do they really they got to know it but you they got, to know. They got to know it but to get through all the things that they have to deal with. I did a, yeah. king, a queen's court and I couldn't get to teaching them about being a queen because my baby girl over here had to be the only person at home that was working because her mama had an issue. The dad is in jail and the brother wasn't working. So it's, mm. 
it's going to take time, but we got to at least take steps and be consistent with the mm-hmm. 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 I'm sorry. No, that's just that's, no, that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, again, as I said, um, I, I enjoy the talk. It makes me think and, and I hope it makes other people think about, you know, what what can what can we do? What can I do? What can you do? right where you are to make a difference. And that's, well, that's see, really that, what that I'm interested in. That funding, you know, they're talking about uh, defunding the police, police. department. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they need to be vested better. I yeah. think they need to be trained better. And some of that money can go into these communities to help young women and young men right. know their value. Know their I don't think how you know their value. Now, I mean, I, that's absolutely it. Because the value is being defined by the music and the television programs and, you yeah. know, just, just a host of foolishness. And that's that's one thing that takes me back to Chad Bozeman. I mean, un- unfortunately, you know, the majority of actors and, and, and producers aren't thinking like he. Um, I know he's not the only one, so may God bless us to have more like him. But that's really what it takes is more people to say, you know what? I'm here on purpose, not for pay. Not to say that you don't want to get paid, but that's with everything. Because to be honest, today, people are operating without character and integrity, no matter what field they're in. You know? Well, that's, I think that's gone along the wayside. I find I don't watch a lot of commercial TV. I watch a lot of public uh, TV, NPR. I watch various programs like that. And I do watch some of Netflix and some other things that I can get documentaries on. Mm-hmm. So I'm very selective in my programming. Uh, and I was I was telling Renee, you know, Sunday night they showed uh, they showed the Black Panther, no commercials from seven to nine or ten, and then they had an hour hour and a half with uh, uh, tribute to him with uh, Robinson. Yeah. I, thought, I said, wow, y'all got it together. We got that together. Right quick. <laughs> with love, with some kind of, you know, feeling. Because it was, I, I think that we weren't ready for that. Mm-hmm. Well, but see, to your point, if we could demand more quality programming, and I think I've talked to you about this, about programming reflecting what's happening locally even. Yeah. You know, but more quality programming that is inspiring. That right. is encouraging mm-hmm. because to be honest, I mean, let's let's go back to even talking about police brutality to a degree. Look at the images of black folks that are shown around the, the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just keep it real. How mm-hmm. can white people not be afraid? Because most of these images are making us afraid. We just talked about it. We're right. afraid of each other. We're not trusting each other. Mm-hmm. So imagine you're you're white. You're somebody else. You're not us. Well. My question is always, you know, they can say what they want about Roland Martin, but we don't have a black news program. I, I just knew that BET was going to at least have an hour of news that's reflective to us. Nobody. 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 <laughs> Nobody. And actually, Roland Martin was on TV One. 
and she she still is the black lady that she still yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he ain't they, they don't have anybody on TV one now do they no no anyway ladies we're wrapping up this has okay. been real okay as always all I right love you. uh until we see each other next week Chad Bozeman rest Chad Bozeman rest in peace Wakanda forever yeah there you go there you go I love it (laughs) oh ladies I love you have a good night okay have a good night everybody be blessed bye 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 bye